Welcome to Unscripted Startups. I'm your host, Cameron Stack, here in the beautiful Silicon Slopes, Utah. This podcast is the place to be to receive actionable insight and advice for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs, where we will be breaking down how to build an untraditional startup. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Finn Thormeyer. He is currently working on Project 33, which helps produce content and leads for people who are really trying to grow their LinkedIn audience. Thanks for coming on the show, Finn. Of course. Thank you very much. And you pronounced the name correctly. (laughs) Thanks. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got interested in business and social media and stuff like that. Born and raised and grew up in Germany. Went kind of the regular route, went to college for one and a half years until I realized that I was doing college for other people's expectations of really having a plan in mind. Started doing a bunch of things, started doing some fundraising for a charity in Germany, traveled all over Germany for that. My thought process was, I don't know yet what I want to do going out of college. But one thing that I knew that I could start now was basically documenting that journey. So at that point, I also started my social media. I started, you know, posting on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat, basically trying to do everything and just, you know, documenting the journey of like, hey, I'm this random guy who just dropped out of college. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying things out. Started to build a little bit of a following and an audience mostly on instagram i would say that was kind of like the focus then a friend who i met through instagram quentin allums who's now pretty pretty big on linkedin he was the person who told me like yo you've got to hop on linkedin and start making videos so i did that but same thing you know just documenting i was this random kid who was just like didn't know what he wanted to do in life then at some point i decided that i needed to get out of my suburban town in germany literally booked a flight that night when i made the decision to fly to new york five days later didn't know anyone in new york um, didn't know what i'm going to do there in new york had a flight back ticket one week after arriving in new york that i never never ended up taking and basically stayed for six months and you know again like just doing my thing on social media, making videos, having fun, meeting lots of people, going to events, but I didn't have a business or anything. So I ran through a lot of savings that I made when I was working as a fundraiser to the point where I think three or four months into being in New York, I really started to run out of money. And that's where I needed to figure out, you know, how to make money. But at the same time, I didn't have a working visa. I was there on a tourist visa, which meant I couldn't just you know, start working as a barista or start, you know, I don't know, get a job in New York. Like that was just not a possibility. So really the only possibility for me was somehow figuring out how to make money without, you know, finding an employer. And that meant me starting to freelance and just helping people, leveraging the audience that I had built myself on Instagram. The first thing that I really did was Instagram ads, Instagram growth that I was doing for people, helping helping some entrepreneurs and artists really blow up their, their Instagram. And then LinkedIn started to take off a little bit for me. And I started to get some people reach out to me and saying like, hey, I really like what you're doing on LinkedIn you know, all the videos that you're posting and stuff, I would love for you to do that for me and I'll pay you for that. And that was absolutely, completely blowing my mind because I was not at all, you know, expecting that and decided, all right, if two people want to do that, I'll do that. And I got a friend of mine to help me out and we started what now became 
Project 33. We kind of changed structure a lot since then and offers and services and all of that. That's kind of how Project 33 started. This Project 33 at that point was remote. Basically, the world was open to me. So from that, I, I lived in Cape Town a little bit. Then I lived in Bali five months. Then I lived in Minsk, Belarus for a little bit. Now we recently were in Berlin for some months. And now, and a half month ago, we moved to Mexico, and that's where I'm currently with my girlfriend, doing work, living. Some of the best businesses, though, are built out of necessity, and I love how you were able to create something that was paying you and really grow that. Yeah. Well, so I don't really think I took a big risk because I think in hindsight, it always looks like a big risk. Basically, you know, as you said, going to a country I don't know anyone in, for six months and not having a job. But that was not the decision I made at the point of going to New York. I was going to New York for a week. I had a flight back ticket a week after arriving. So if things wouldn't have worked out and I would have been, you know, I don't know, lost or wouldn't have enjoyed myself, after a week I would have flown back to Germany to my hometown and I could have gotten any kind of job. So there was really no risk. And it wasn't this decision, I'm going to stay for six months. It was just after the week, I was like, I'm not ready to leave yet. I'm having a blast and I still have savings. So let me just stay a little bit longer. Okay. But it wasn't like, I'm going to stay for six months, right? That's just what mm-hmm. it ended up to be. But Yeah, so you took it week by week and then it's, exactly. it, tu- it turned into six months. Okay. So what what kinds of things did you do in New York while you were there? I know you attended a lot of LinkedIn events and meetups <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. But but yeah, why, why New York and what what kind of things did you work on while being there? Yeah. So why New York? I think it's I wanted to get out of, you know, my small suburban hometown in Germany and just do the exact opposite and New York just felt like the exact opposite. It's like the city where you go to like make things happen so that's new york it was it just had this energy that attracted me and i think that it has that to a lot of people and that's why i think i met a lot of made a lot of amazing friends in new york because it definitely attracts those kinds of people burn your boats kind of people and while i was there care so much about making money because i had very decent amount of 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 buffer at least when i first came there new york is pretty expensive Every single day, I would go to one to three meetups. You know, there's meetup.com, there are Facebook meetups. I would look them up. I would find the the biggest one or the most interesting one. I didn't really care so much about what kind of vertical it was, whether it was a business networking event or, you know, some creators or let's go out shoot photography or, you know, yoga in the park. I didn't do that but you know I just didn't care so much I went to one to three meetups every single day and then I followed up with people and I met full cough and I did things with people and I really I think and that was a blessing because I didn't have anything to sell because I didn't have a business I didn't care about you know generating clients or anything like that the only metric that I cared about was meeting people who are vibe with and who I could relate with and who were dope and interesting to me. And so I made a lot of friends in New York. Still, I would say I most of my friends and my best friends are in New York, even though I was there for six months compared to like being in Germany for like 20 years of my life, right? When I decided I need to make money right now because I'm running out of it, that I had a lot of people who 
you know, really liked me and who knew what I was doing and who believed in what I was doing and who saw that I was good with this Instagram and LinkedIn kind of stuff. And they were happy to help out because I was doing a lot of helping out in those days. I helped people with, with LinkedIn and with Instagram and with videos and filming and all of that, but just for free, just because I had fun, I had a blast. So I had a connection slash friends were there. That sounds super incredible. And it sounds like you made the most of your trip here in New York. Thoughts on that remote working? For some reason, staying in Germany just wasn't an option at that point. I was just like, there's no way I'm going to be in Germany. Germany's boring. I need something else. So, so my friend was traveling to Cape Town, so I joined him. And then in, while I was in Cape Town, someone called me and told me about Bali and that there are a lot of digital nomads, as they call it, lots of people working online businesses and that Bali is very cheap comparatively and that it's beautiful and all of these things. And so I was like, all right, let's try it out. And I was just lucky that Project 33 was set up in a way where the person who I started this with was going back to London, so we needed to do online work anyway. And our first two clients were not based in New York City. They were based in D.C. and Montreal, Canada. And so for them, it, it was online from the beginning. And so I kind of like used that opportunity to go somewhere else. And Bali was definitely an absolutely incredible experience it's very different to what we're used to yeah you you learn a lot it, it's it's hard i would say to do remote because well one is time zones because bali is 12 hours ahead of the u.s east coast which means when it's 7 a.m in new york it's 7 p.m in bali which meant that in those five months in Bali, I was doing a lot of very early and very late calls. I had calls at, you know, 11 p.m., at 10 p.m., sometimes later, sometimes I needed to get up to have a call, an important call at 7 a.m. So that's definitely hard. And also, you know, making or getting new clients when you can't, you know, say like, hey, um, let's, let's meet on a coffee and they, let's discuss this or go to, you know, local networking events and meet the people there. It's also hard to like build a network while you're remote. And I wouldn't say I'm, I'm naturally attracted to that half out of circumstance, half out of um, necessity. Uh, it's also curiosity. I definitely enjoy it. And now looking back, it definitely taught me a lot of things. But it's definitely not optimal unless you are a person who is like, I need to travel. But if you really want to travel, then don't expect to build a big business. I don't think you can really combine those two. You can definitely travel and sustain yourself and build something that is able to, you know, make you money and good money. But it's not going to be a million dollar, billion dollar unicorn for that. You need, you know, to be locally you know, establish in the ecosystem and like build a network and meet clients and prospects and, and, and investors and all of that. So, and I'm looking forward to that at some point, we'll probably be in Latin America until like, I don't know, April, May, and then go back to Germany. And then we plan to stay there for a while, you know, and I'm looking forward to that. That makes a lot of sense. I know there are a lot of drawbacks but a lot of benefits as well obviously yeah if if you do want to build a billion dollar business you kind of have to be in one central location with your staff and stuff like yeah. that building a startup which means there are a lot of things you need to figure out right There's a lot of things and if you're constantly moving the logistics 
associated with that take up so much of your mind space you know you need to find your next airbnb and decide where you're gonna go you need to you know book flights you need to and once you are in that new location you might there might be a new culture and a new language that you're not familiar with you need to figure out your routine right like where are you gonna go to the gym where are you gonna get your food where's the supermarket you need all of these things are decisions that you need to make and the shorter period of time you stay at one place the more often you need to make the, those decisions. If you stay somewhere for a week and then you move on, after a week you need to make all of those decisions from new again. And if at the same time you're trying to do all, make all of these decisions with the business and trying to actually you know, figure out model, product market fit and the pricing and figure out your best target audience and figure out your content strategy, it's, it's just a mess. It's even still a mess if you're staying somewhere for two months. You don't realize how many decisions go into just, you know, being in a new place and establishing a new routine. And that is very hard to marry that with, you know, growing a startup. If you already have something that is built to a point where you have clients and you have revenue coming in and you have things outsourced and you have made a lot of the initial decisions and you know branding and website and all that is taken care of then yeah then it might be fun to like travel while maintaining the business but trying to grow a business and move so often it's uh it's uh, <laughs> it's very hard but nothing that's worth it comes easy and that's right. why no great athlete happened overnight a lot of people are like oh this person became famous overnight i'm like no that was seven years of hard work how do you pick the next location you want to be in is it based on cost or is it just somewhere interesting that you wanted to visit cost definitely plays a role um i think it's a combination of just a lot of things just you know seeing what the cost would look like you know how expensive is like you know airbnb or wherever you're gonna live you know is there some kind of culture of you know expats or digital nomads that you might connect to you know do i speak the language you know does it look beautiful do i want to be there that definitely plays a role for latin america we decided it because my girlfriend had been in mexico and she loved it and she speaks spanish i i don't speak spanish and Latin America, South America, Middle America, it's however you want to call it, it's the last continent I basically haven't lived in. So for me, it's kind of check boxing, the last continent, whatever feels right. Uh, do you have any clients you've worked with in the past or currently that you really felt connected to? It's very interesting because I realized that some of them are very interesting people. One is a managing director of an IT company based in Qatar, so in the Middle East, and that's a pretty legit player in the in the field. There are more than 100 people. Another one is an ex-CMO at a big advertising agency with more than 4,500 people um, in the U.S. So there are like some very legit people. I'm very lucky and blessed to be able to communicate and work with them on a almost one-on-one -on -one basis and you know get their input because i'm helping them with linkedin because you know that's just what i kind of know but when it comes to building a business and entrepreneurship and all sorts of other things like they are veterans and they really know what they're doing so i'm i'm almost getting free mentoring out of that too which uh, which has been amazing yeah that sounds incredible it sounds like these are some really awesome people and you're getting paid to work with them. 
and learn. That sounds incredible. What would be your top tips for getting started on both of the platforms? In general, I would just say, you know, start. Just put out the first video and see see what it does. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You, you can talk about things for days, but until you take action, you won't know where you are at. Do you have any thoughts about LinkedIn strategy? I think hashtags will be become more useful as LinkedIn becomes more saturated. Right now, I don't think, from what I'm seeing from my content and from clients' content, hashtags don't make a single difference. Like whether you put hashtags on there, it doesn't change the reach of your post. And even if it says you sometimes get that notification, hey, your post is trending on hashtag marketing or something. If you compare that to any other post that you did where you didn't get that notification, it doesn't make a difference. It's not that, that suddenly your post is blowing up and it gets tens of thousands of views because no one is really checking out hashtags yet. No one is following hashtags. But I think as as the, the platform becomes more and more saturated and more and more people start posting content and there will be more and more people talking about marketing and talk about LinkedIn and talk about sales, it will be much more important to niche down. And instead of talking about marketing in general, you talk about B2B SaaS marketing for small to medium-sized startups based in New York City or something, right? And then I think hashtags will be much more useful because that's how people will find you. So I think just playing around with that and making sure that you're kind of learning it and using it so when it becomes important, you're not suddenly like surprised. So I think, and it's because Instagram followed that scheme. In the beginning of Instagram, when only a few people were using it and really posting content, it was very easy to grow organically, just like it is now on LinkedIn. But as more and more people started using Instagram and everyone wanted to become an influencer, hashtags started to be really useful for growth. And now Instagram is at a point where hashtags don't even work anymore because hashtags are so saturated. Like if you post anything with hashtag marketing, there are like 31 posts every second added to the hashtag marketing, to the marketing hashtag. So it doesn't do anything anymore. Sometimes it does, but it depends on the niche. So I think LinkedIn is kind of like one generation behind that where hashtags will become very useful. I think you brought up some excellent points. And one thing that you notice about all social media platforms is they all use hashtags. Whether it's TikTok or Twitter, they all use hashtags. So I think that will be interesting to see how that works. I was talking with someone on LinkedIn and asking him what his thoughts were if a company profile or a branded hashtag, which would be more beneficial. And his thoughts were that like the hashtag will be because then once you grow an audience, they'll use the hashtag and you can kind of catalog all your content based on that one hashtag. Mm, Interesting. Well, thanks so much for sharing all this insight. It's really been super interesting to hear your story. Is there any final, final thoughts you would like to share or any advice you've received that you think would be applicable to young startup founders and people who want to get involved in entrepreneurship? I think it's just, you know, starting. I think it's really useful even if you, you know, fail or whatever and it doesn't work out. You learn a lot from that, so I think it's useful in any case. My opinion would be actions speak louder than words and just start. Because, right. like, if you don't start, it's never going to happen. And sitting on the couch because you're afraid of failure 
is worse than failing because you learn so much from failure. Yes, it does hurt. But once you rip that band-aid off, you feel better in the future than, say, someone stringing you along. Yeah, it feels better at the moment, but doesn't feel better in the future. Like, I've faced a lot of failure, and it definitely did sting at that point in time. But now it's like, oh, why did I even care about that? That wasn't even a big deal or something. So, yeah, as long as you're able to get up more times than you fall down, you will do great things in life. Just want to say thank you. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it talking to you and then rambling on about some random things that are happening in my life. I hope uh, people <laughs> weren't too bored. But yeah, I appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, I like what you're doing with this podcast. Thanks. Yeah, I've been meaning to reach out to you and I thought this was an excellent opportunity. I hope you guys really got some meaningful content out of this podcast and I hope you guys continue on your entrepreneurship journeys and have a wonderful rest of your week. We really want to help you guys grow and and give back in a meaningful and impactful way. So don't forget to smash that subscribe button and start downloading each and every episode of our podcast. It only takes than 30 seconds and it means the absolute world to us. And don't forget to live life 1% better each and every day. Until next time, this has been a Unscripted Startups production. Don't forget to check us out online at unscriptedstartups.com or on your favorite social media platform at Unscripted Startups.